Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. For over a year, BuzzFeed News reporters Anthony Cormier and Jason Leopold had been reporting on President Trump and his campaign's ties to Russia, breaking major stories and trying to follow the money. We had both been fantasizing about this mother load. I just remember Anthony was like, oh my God, oh my God. They'd received thousands of secret government documents that revealed that banks all over the world had moved money for terrorists and criminals and drug dealers. And the U.S. government knows about it. We see actual human beings pulling the levers that allow this sort of criminal misconduct to go on. I'm Azine Gureshi. Join me for our new podcast, Suspicious Activity, Inside the FinCEN Files. We'll dive into the story these secret documents tell and take you behind the scenes with my colleagues at BuzzFeed News as they reported it. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Find it on Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. Right now, we welcome back to the show a man who knows a thing or two about college football. College football writer, CBSSports.com. You can also watch him on CBS Sports HQ. And one of the biggest Atlanta Braves fans that I know, Barrett Salee, is back with us on the Technicom hotline. Barrett, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What, what is uh, now quick take from you as an avid Braves fan? We just had Chip Carey on a while ago. They, they took two of three from the Marlins. They're doing it with a, uh, a banged up lineup and what turned into a disaster of a rotation. What do you see so far? Yeah, you know, it's been unfortunate the way things have gone down. But I think if there's a silver lining, it's that uh, everybody else in the division has struggled, too. And uh, the Braves have found a way to, to still be in first place. And you know, in a year where the top two teams from each division make the playoff, um, surviving things like this are vitally important. So, you know, um, it, it hasn't been very easy to watch them lately. Uh, it's been stressful, but uh, hopefully, you know, everybody gets right soon. Uh, we get some of the some of the hitters like Al, uh, Albies and Matt Adams back, and um, you know, who knows? Maybe Kyle Wright or Tukey will figure it out on the mound. But it's been. Uh, it's been stressful. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> That's true. And old man Mark is coming through again yesterday. It's been a strange season thus far, but we're having fun with it. All right, let's talk about the uh, the Big Ten. Justin Fields starts a petition requesting the Big Ten immediately reinstate the 2020 football season. At last check, it had well over 225,000 uh, signatures. I don't know if this is going to work or not, Barrett, but it seems that the Big Ten has a lot of disgruntled people on its hands right now. What What's the reaction been like at the Big Ten offices? What are you hearing? Yeah, I'm sure their heads are spinning. Um, you know, I know that, that Kevin Warren is, is really, um, you know, struggling to figure out how to handle this situation, even though really it's on him. I mean, he's the reason that, um, you know, this is happening for, for canceling the season so early with 
you know, for, with, with no medical evidence provided. Now, you know, we can all argue about the medical evidence that's out there um, on one side or the other, but, you know, they, they didn't release what specifically led to their, de- their decision. So, um, you know, I think the fact that he's getting it from all sides, players, coaches, uh, parents, you know, I think that it's problematic. And, and if you're the president of, of uh, you know, these schools, it, it is a presidential decision. And I think we all know that even though it's air quote unanimous, it's never unanimous. Um, I think there's, I wouldn't say a chance of, of reconsidering, but I do think that the, the, the lasting impact of this uh, is going gonna, is gonna to be far-reaching uh, in, in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, I, the fact that Kevin Warren drastically misread the room and thought that he could build a coalition, um, you know, to cancel, um, I think is, is, it shows, you know, really that he has no idea what college athletics is all about. And if, if any of the other you know, six conferences play, then I would imagine there are going to be some really, really angry people in the Big Ten. I mean, I think I'm, I'm reading between the lines here, but just to a step, you don't think Kevin Warren made the right decision, right? No, no well, not, not as early as he did. Right. You know, they, all these conferences, even the SEC, you know, starting so late, you know, they all have built-in safeguards, right? Like, they have bigger windows to play fewer games. So, why didn't he, even though the Big Ten announced it was going to start um, you know, it was, it was, it had the full schedule release. You don't have to adhere to that. You, you can move things around. You can push things back. You can do all kinds of things that, um, you know, are, are built in to react to whatever, you know, data that you come across. And, and now you look at, you know, where the data is, it, it suggests that things are going to be okay. I mean, things are going down. They've been trending down for a long time, which, you know, a, a lot of epidemiologists think is, is just how it goes. It goes through waves in different locations, and, and pretty much every location now um, has seen a, a pretty sharp decline. So, you know, I, I think that there's no re- there was no reason for him to do it then uh, unless that was the decision all along. And, and I had heard, you know, a couple weeks before, um, you know, even the schedule announcement in the Big Ten that the ultimate goal was, was not to play. Uh, they felt like they had to release the schedule because, you know, you have to have that in your back pocket. But, uh, yeah, I think that he, he drastically misread the room. Uh, and, and as a result, you know, he's putting his conference in a pretty perilous situation because if, uh, if other conferences play, the Big Ten, um, you know, seems like Ohio State will still be competitive, but it's going to take a long, long time for that conference to get back where it was. Barrett Salih, CBSSports.com. He's with us on the Technicom guest line. Expand on that if you would, because I, I find that interesting. And I, and I do agree with you in a sense. Uh, and look, I, I've said this since the beginning, Barrett, and I said it in the previous segment. If it's not safe to play football, don't play football. But my problem here is that, as you've pointed out, you have uh, differing opinions and wildly different conclusions from Power 5 Conference to Power 5 Conference. You've got this coalition of players and parents now demanding that the Big Ten reverse course and reinstate the football season. So so continue that train of thought. If the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 play a season, what are the ramifications in your mind for the Big Ten and Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to recruit very well. Yeah. Although we did see the, the number three overall player uh, that, who's committed to Ohio State uh, say that he was going to sit out this fall, uh, his final year of high school, enroll in the spring in the hopes of playing the spring season as a true freshman. So you're going to see things like that, but it's going to be really hard for them to recruit consistently. You're going to see kids uh, bail because, you know, why would you go through, spend two years of eligibility over a 10-month span? If you're a freshman, you know, if you're a freshman, knowing that 
you still have to be three years removed from high school to uh, to be eligible for the uh, NFL draft. I just that's going to be a huge problem. Uh, players who who want to play and, and play a full season uh, are probably not going to be thrilled with the fact that their final year of eligibility, or at least their final year before their draft eligible, uh, will take place in the spring. It's just there's so many logistical problems that will prevent you know those coaches and those programs from properly managing rosters. And if um, you know if that's the case, then you know you're going to have you know, uncertainty and, and instability. And, and because of that, I would imagine, uh, you know, those conferences and those teams are going to have a hard time holding on players. And, and even if they do, you know, the, the, the amount of effort that's going to go into um, recruiting high school players, but also re-recruiting players that are on your roster to, to sort of convince them that, that sticking around is the right thing to do, you know, that's, that's going to take a ton of time and, and a ton of effort. And, and I would imagine it's not going to be very successful. What did you make of uh, the, the the images out of Tuscaloosa yesterday? Their AD Greg Byrne tweeting out uh, an image of you know students in downtown Tuscaloosa, all I mean hundreds of them together, no masks in sight, no social distancing, and you know, lots of others chiming in saying, "Guys, this is exactly what we're talking about. We're not going to be able to pull off a season if you continue to act this way." Does that concern you? Yeah, it's concerning. I, I disagree with the point that they're not going to be able to pull off a season if this happens because you know the players have been in a, essentially a bubble, uh, they can choose to stay there. And a lot of them will, you know, stay in a bubble, so to speak. Um, you know, you're going to have kids go out. There's no doubt. Um, you know, that, that the, the, the students not taking things seriously is, is very concerning because, you know, if there's an outbreak, you know, in a local you know, city or around a campus, then, you know, you're, you're more at risk of getting it. I think that's, you know, obviously that's common sense. But, um, you know, as, as far as as completing the season and starting the season, yeah, it makes it much more unlikely, but it doesn't make it impossible because, you know, I saw the Auburn players, uh, I guess it was Saturday, uh, say that downtown was packed and no one's wearing their masks. Well, if they're pointing it out, that means they clearly see a problem. And, and that clearly means that they specifically, individually, and within the team bubble can do something about it uh, and, and stay away from, you know, situations like that. So, yeah, it's concerning, and it certainly makes it less likely that, that, that the season will get started on time or happen at all. But I, I'm not one of these people that, that thinks that something like that will be what cancels the season, because that's just not it. No, I'm with you. Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com. He's with us on the Technicom hotline. Is Liberty going to screw this up for the entire ACC? Because if I'm Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and yeah. NC State today, I'm not happy, Barrett. <laughs> yeah, leave it to Liberty and you freeze to do that. Right. Um, I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, maybe, and I hate to dodge the question. It's just um, if, if the if the option is continuing down the path they went down over the weekend, or finding whatever way possible, even if it's shelling out a ton of money uh, to, to have somebody else come in and administer uh, the, the the strictest you know set of testing protocols you possibly can, um, you know, I would imagine Liberty would choose the latter. So. Uh, I don't think it would, um, but am I confident in that answer? No, I'm not very confident in that answer. <laughs> All right, so it, let, let's just, let's operate under the assumption that you know we have the big three Power Five conferences and the, the other Group of Five conferences you mentioned continuing on. They forge ahead. They play football. What does the what does the playoff look like in your mind, Barrett? Who, who is uh, who's playing in those four spots for a national championship? Yeah, I think you would you would most likely have one from the power each of the power three conferences, um, you know. And I think you know it's hard to say how the committee would view you know the AAC if the AAC plays. 
Um, you know, it's hard to, to, to say what they would view Notre Dame as. Um, you know, playing the ACC schedule, did they give them a benefit of the doubt just because, you know, they're playing a comparable schedule to Clemson? Um, you know, so if I had to guess, it would be probably two SEC, one ACC, and one, you know, Big 12, uh, just because, you know, I think it's, it's safe to say that whoever plays in the SEC championship game is going to be a team. Uh, they're going to be teams that, that have playoff, you know, right in front of them. That's been the case for, what, five years straight now? So uh, I would imagine that's the case. I think the one disclaimer would be what if it's Clemson-Notre Dame and what if Notre Dame beats Clemson in the regular season and then uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship game? You know, that, that would be a big one. Um, you know, and, and I do think it's more likely uh, now than in the past that, that maybe an AAC team gets in. You know, if, if Houston goes undefeated or Memphis goes undefeated or, or, or you know, UCF or whoever – you know, it's going to be hard to compare them to somebody else. You know, it'll be, you know, strictly because of the eye test. And, you know, the eye test, I think, is more, you know, a, more of a powerful, um, you know, factor for, for the former coaches on that, that staff or on that, that committee. But, you know, it's, it's probably not as much for, for the other guys, for the ADs. So, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think the Notre Dame aspect, coupled with the fact that, you know, you look at the ACC, Man, they've got some great defensive linemen and a great linebacker. So the ACC might actually be pretty strong this year. All right. Hey, last thing, then I'll let you go. People keep telling me there are going to be long-lasting implications. This redefines college athletics, everything that's happening right now. Do you buy into that? And if it does, in your mind, redefine college athletics, what does that look like after the fact? Yeah, I think it does. I think the 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 issue is that we don't know exactly what that means. Um, you know, I think this is the, the reason that, um, you know, the NCAA is sort of passively aggressive, aggressively fighting, uh, you know, the big six that are still playing uh, is because they understand that this is probably going to be the end of the NCAA if conferences play this year, because you would have, you know, the three power five conferences obviously uh, would be more likely to, to break away. And, and uh, you know, the NCAA is fighting for relevancy as it is. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's going to be an interesting time. I would imagine you see uh, if things do change, you would see uh, a less impactful NCAA, um, you know, the autonomous five creating, um, you know, a, a much more structured, um, consistent, uh, you know, sort of uh, sport where there are built in, you know, ways for, for name, image and likeness to be managed. Uh, there, there are more, you know, more stru- structured ways. Uh, for for recruiting to happen both legally, uh, you know, as, as inducements, and then um, you know once players get on campus. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think it'll it'll change. It'll change drastically, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if you know since the Big Ten teams are clearly upset about the Big Ten's decision, um, that maybe you just have you know the era of super conferences ushered in this way rather than by the expiration of TV contracts, which is, what, five, six years away. No doubt. Barrett, great stuff, buddy. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Kyle. Thanks.